Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Cena Sportscast. I'm Sam Deering. He's Christian John, and we're excited to have you with us. Bowl season starts this Friday. My favorite time of year, one of them at least. Um, so we're going to go over the top four, go over our uh, offensive and defensive prospects in the draft, and then predict um, the outcomes of the most exciting bowl games. So, Christian, what are your thoughts on the top four? <clears throat> the first three were very obvious. Those were definitely the three best teams in college football this year based off of record. The fourth one, to me, was the tough one. Oklahoma, they're all right. They're good offensively. They have a good quarterback. They have a good head coach, sure. But I just – it all depends on which Oklahoma defense shows up on a particular day. Is it going to be the one that really clamps up on teams or is it going to be the one who gives up 50 points and will just get slaughtered by Joe Burrow and LSU's elite passing attack this this season? So really the fourth one was the toughest one for the committee, but that was pretty much what they had to go with based off of how everybody else performed this season. I think it's the toughest one for the committee, but at the same time, I think it was the easiest. The committee had a very easy decision just because of all the outcomes of the other games. Um, Wisconsin losing to Ohio State. Georgia losing to LSU. Um, And you're not going to put a team – I believe Utah lost, right? Yep. Utah lost. (laughs) Uh, you're not going to put Baylor in. I, o- Oklahoma, this was probably one of the easier weeks towards the end of the year that the committee's ever had just because of the outcomes of all the games. Um, I don't see this game being very close, but the Oklahoma offense has a chance to make that happen. But I don't see it. LSU's hot right now, and I think they're going to win the title. That's what's interesting <clears throat> to me when you mention Wisconsin because if Utah would have won – they would have been in the playoff, obviously. But with them losing and OU winning, Wisconsin, to me, was the only one that really could have made a difference. Obviously, if Georgia wins, they get in, There's... and the top four doesn't change. But for me, Wisconsin was the one. If they could have beaten Ohio State, does the committee really put them in over? I Oklahoma? think there's another scenario you could go with, too, because if Clemson loses to Virginia, there's no way you're putting oh, a... Been weird. That would have been awesome that would to have been see. Really weird. I like Clemson. I think Clemson still gets in though. Clemson's still talented. See, I think if Clemson loses and the Badgers beat Ohio State by a margin larger than seven points, I think you have to have some sort of argument to put Wisconsin in the top four. Does Oklahoma get in for sure? Or is Oklahoma I think for that, sure? I, in think, this I think it makes the scenario even tougher for the committee. Because I think Clemson is better than Oklahoma. I so I think in that. this scenario, it's still Wisconsin versus I, I OU because I, Clemson's better than Oklahoma, right? I, think I would agree. agree I, I, th- I, think Cle- I think Oklahoma, th- this is part of the reason why I don't like seeing Oklahoma. They're a team like Washington. Oklahoma does not deserve to get in the playoff. The However, with all the outcomes that happened, the committee had no choice. 
And Oklahoma is going to do the same thing they did last year with I. They played Kyler Murray and Oklahoma played Bama, and they got destroyed. Yep. And yeah, they're fun, exciting they quarterback. Have, now they're an exciting the team. S- and SEC team I that's was, actually good. May, I was very upset when Jake Browning and Washington the Huskies got Jake in. Browning. And who did they play? They played Alabama. Yeah. And they got smoked they got first round. This is the, like, I, the, yep. like, I think Oklahoma is a talented team. They have a very good coach. They have a talented quarterback and an offense with an elite receiver and CD Lamb. I don't. I think this team, like you have been saying, they're going to get burrowed. They're, they're going to. Yeah, I don't good. see this t- game being close. And like we've discussed before, the I mean past, Georgia got burrowed for God's sake. <laughs> Georgia got destroyed. Thought that? And I honestly uh, did not see that coming. I thought that game would have been a lot more exciting than it actually was. I thought we were going to get to see last year, Joe. Burrow. That's uh, that was my biggest concern going to the SEC championship game for Joe Burrow. Was this is a really good defense he has to go up against, and it's probably one of the first Alabamas was all right this year. But I was like, oh man, are we going to see which Joe Burrow is going to show up? And it, it the kids just elite. That's he, what it is. I mean, the game I that believe. I believe both of I both of us put this on. The Texas game is the first game of the year yeah. that he played an actual top ten team at top ten defense at in the Texas. Time. In Texas, put and on the show, killed him. Yeah, he played Bama. He put on the show. Yeah, played Georgia. Joe. Did the same thing. Now he's in the playoff. I mean, and like he he's gonna have to prove to scouts that he's not a one hit wonder or only good for one year. And I understand that he redshirted. His first year, he sat behind JT Barrett. I believe when he redshirted, Cardale Jones was still there at Ohio State. It just blows my mind that he didn't play a snap there. And I know his dad went to Nebraska, and he tried to go to Nebraska, and Nebraska said he wasn't good enough. And, boy, they're probably (laughs) punching the air right now. (laughs) But, yeah, I I – I think LSU's winning, and if I'm being honest with you, I think they might as well just have Ohio State and LSU play each other in the championship See, right away. That my one thing with that is, if Trevor Lawrence looks like he did in the playoff last year, Ohio State's got a fight and a half on their hands. That's the one thing is, if Trevor Lawrence can look like we know he can, Ohio State's got a problem on their hands. And if they play like they played so, the Badgers in the first half. They will probably have a bigger deficit because Jack Cohn was all right in the first half of the Big Ten Championship game. Jack Cohn can't hold Trevor Lawrence's. I, I think it's all about I mean, which which Ohio State offense shows up, and I, I Clemson's talented, but like they lost a lot of people on that defense, and they're still a talented offensive yeah, team. Yeah, Clemson's definitely not as good this they're, year, but they're not as good. They almost lost to North Carolina earlier <laughs> in the season, which. I was very surprised how they bar- they barely dropped, and I don't think they dropped. I believe I don't even think they dropped past five all season. But that game is either going to be really good, or it's going to turn into something very similar to the um, LSU and Oklahoma game. But I do think it's going to be more exciting than the LSU Oklahoma game. Um, so um, our next topic is. One offensive prospect and one defensive prospect. So, I guess I'll start. So, this doesn't have to be like under the radar. It can be uh, any prospect who you think could go anywhere in the draft. And this guy's been soaring up the boards. 
um, is Yeter Gross Matos from um, Penn State. And this is a guy, he has the height. He has all the height in the world. I want to say this is a guy that's always put a beating on the Badgers every year, too. Um, he, and like edge rushers are like NFL, you can never get enough, you can never get enough of them. He has the perfect body frame for an edge rusher. He's 6'5", and he's 264 pounds, and I want to say they're playing They're playing Memphis. And as of right now, he's, an, he's a late first-round pick. But I think if he – this is another edge rusher. He can nail his combine. He can nail his bowl game. I think he can boost his draft stock, draft stock to at least a top-20 pick if he nails both of those. Who's your uh, first defensive prospect? Yeah, I went with Derek Brown. I went with an easy one here. Um, Derek Brown's 6'5", over 310 pounds. He's an absolute mountain at defensive tackle, and he has dominated in so many games this year. He can move guys. He's effective in both the run and pass game. Brown is probably the second best overall prospect in my eyes in this draft class behind Chase Young just because he is such a game wrecker. Go watch the last like two minutes of the Alabama game. He absolutely destroys their interior offensive line. Brown is without a doubt one of the absolute best defensive pros- defensive tackle prospects we've seen in, in a couple of years. Um, so my next one is I'm staying in the Big Ten here is Tyler Johnson. Um, this dude I I see him being an early second round pick. But like Matos, I think he does have the potential to be first-round talent. And Minnesota plays Auburn. And they're going up against a one of the top SEC defenses in the country. You have Derek Brown, like you said before. Um, and the SEC is the most similar conference, similar play style to the NFL. And obviously the Big Ten, like we, the Big Ten is arguably the second-best conference in the nation. Um, but if Tyler Johnson can put on a show um, up against that Auburn defense, I do think he could. Uh, if he does that, he could prove himself to be first round talent and maybe slide into the towards the end of the first round of the draft. I love Tyler Johnson. I will keep banging the drum for him. I want to see Tyler Johnson with a G on his helmet next season. He is a phenomenal wide receiver. My next pros or my last prospect is Jordan Love, the Utah State quarterback. <clears throat> He's a big kid, 6'4. He's got a really strong arm. The one problem with Love is his decision making. He threw 16 interceptions this year. I don't have to tell you how very not good that is. But he was also involved in an off the field incident. He might not play in the bowl game because of it. Um there may be some team discipline with it. So that's brings in another question of the fold. He's somebody who really needs work and refinement in the NFL. He's obviously got his issues. He's not a very efficient passer and he's now thrown all these interceptions this season. However, with his arm talent, he's possibly a late day two pick. If a team really thinks they can fix some of his issues and make him a franchise type quarterback, but for a day three pick, there's, there's just enough potential there to warrant drafting him, bringing him into camp and trying to mentor him. 
Yeah, I, I think he'll be somewhere between the third and the fourth round. Um, he's got a can of an, can of a, cannon of an arm. I like his mobility as well. Um, I do think he's going to be a project, but I do think whoever picks him, and this is a guy I'm not comparing at all, but like like Justin Herbert, I think Justin Herbert to me is the perfect guy to groom behind a a veteran future Hall of Fame quarterback. I know I've seen him uh, go to uh, – the Chargers, the Chargers, yeah. Chargers. I think he's a day one starter, but I think he would benefit a lot sitting a year um, behind a veteran quarterback. And I think Jordan Love, I would give Jordan Love at least a year or two of grooming. He's going to be a project, but Love probably needs at least two. I'd say. Yeah, um, Jordan. But then Love, I thought Lamar Jackson needed more time too. Yeah, yeah I think a lot of us were off of Lamar Jackson. Um, I think Jordan Love has the talent to be very what good in the NFL. Um, I think he has a lot of potential. However, I do think he's going to be a project. Um, I I think he has the potential to be a late day two pick, um, anywhere between the late third or yeah. Even. You never know which team's going to fall in love with a guy, right? Yeah. So, um, to end it, we will do our predictions. So the first one we'll do the Rose Bowl, and this is a revenge game from Badgers versus Oregon a few years ago. Um, Christian. Who do you got winning this? It pains me to say it, but I think Oregon wins. I don't know how the Badgers defense will react to the pass game of Oregon. You just mentioned Justin Herbert, which made it a perfect segue into this game. Herbert is a first-round type guy. He can throw the deep ball beautifully. He's got a cannon of an arm. The Badgers will really need to strap up defensively if they want to have a chance. I think they'll be able to run the ball effectively, but they're really going to need guys like Rashawn Wild Goose to step up in the secondary, and they need Cone to have a good game, and I'm just not sure that we'll be able to play a full four-quarter game and beat Oregon. To top off that full four-quarter thing, if we see the Badgers in the foot like, the Badger team in the first half, like they played against Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship, I think they will have no problem run, keeping their own ground and winning this game. However, if they play like the second half and play like they just gave up, I, this game is very unpredictable to me. Um, I, I have, I will have the Badgers. Um, I, I think it's going to be close. And Cone, you're like you said, Cone is definitely going to be a guy to watch. I think Cone could be on. I think he's going to be under some pressure. It's weird to call a quarterback an X-factor, but Kona is oh, the yeah. biggest X-factor for the Badgers Absolutely. because it depends which guy right. shows up. And and I, we, I know we didn't talk about this guy, but Zach Bond can improve his draft stock on the big stage. Um, I Earliest I've seen him go, I was, was it second round um, to the Colts. Uh, I want to say it was in the 40s, the 42nd or the 48th pick to the Colts. Um, I think he will be a project. I think he's from what I've seen in red, he's, they said he's more polished than Ginkle, who is now a Miami dolphin with Vince Beagle and with former Vince Badger. Beagle, right. And they're saying he's, yeah, he's more polished than Van Ginkle. Bond has, Bond has a lot of potential. And I think Bond is going to be a, a, a big guy to watch on that defense as well as Chris Orr. um, Another Not, guy who could really improve his draft style. Absolutely. In this game. Yes. So I have Wisconsin, but along with Justin Herbert um, and that Oregon offense, 
there's guys on that Wisconsin defense that could really improve their draft stock, and Chris Orr and Zach Bond are the two big names that stand out to me. <clears throat> Our next one is Penn State versus Memphis. Um, I've got Penn State winning this one. I do think I, I think Memphis is a talented team, but I do think they will still give them a run for their money. Um, like I said about Gross Matos, this is a game where he could uh, step up his game even better than what, he put, what he's performed all season and maybe boost him up into the top 20, top 25, rather than last two, three picks of the first round. I've got Penn State in this one. <clears throat> All right, good, because I have Memphis winning this one. Memphis is a team not, not a lot of people have probably heard about, know what they're doing. They're averaging over 40 points a game this season. Their passing attack with Brady White, quarterback, is fantastic. I don't think very much of Penn State this season um, with Clifford. Uh, I don't know if he's starting at quarterback or if they're going to have – well, what's the other kid's name? He came in at the end of the Ohio State game. Whatever. Either way, I just think Memphis's passing attack will be too much for Penn State. They haven't looked very good, especially against the pass. If you go back and watch the Minnesota game, Tanner Morgan and company definitely shredded them and won that game for Minnesota. So I think Memphis wins this game. And hopefully a lot more people will take note of what they're doing there because Memphis has been pretty good for the last couple of years. Yeah, Memphis is a talented team, and I don't think they should be overlooked at all. Next one is Minnesota versus Auburn. Um, I've got Auburn in this one, and I think, yeah, he's a freshman, and obviously he's got two more years to grow, maybe three if he stays his senior year. I think Bo Nix has a chance to put on a show. Um, against Minnesota defense. Um, and I, I like Bonex. I'm not 100% sold on him. Obviously, he is a freshman. I think he's going to be very good. Um, he's our, I think he's top three or four in the Heisman odds for 2020. Um, I think he has a lot of potential, and I think he has the chance to uh, open the eyes of the college football world um, with the amount of talent that he has. Um, he's definitely improved the second half of the season. Um, I want to say, I don't, I think they played the Aggies and he, he didn't earlier in the season, he played, it seemed like the Aggies or I he came back the fourth quarter against Oregon. He didn't look overly impressive throughout the entire game, but he definitely showed some sparks. So I think Minnesota on a, on, on a big stage like this um, could be another chance for him to show um, the college football world, what he has. And yeah, he still has a lot to prove. He's a freshman, but this is a, this is this year and this game obviously is a great starting point for him to do so. So I've got Auburn in this game. <clears throat> Bo Nix is like Jack Cohn in the fact that he's his team's X factor, even though you don't usually consider a quarterback an X factor. If good Bo Nix shows up, Auburn could really roll Minnesota in this game. But if Bo Nix has looked like the guy who a lot of people question why he was one of the top quarterback high school recruits and they just don't see it from him, then I think Minnesota has a chance to really put on a show and absolutely boost what P.J. Fleck has done there. This is a really game, big game for Fleck because 
this is this season was the turnaround. This was the vision finally culminating. He made Minnesota a good university again. They're really good this season at football. Um, they were very close to being Big Ten champion or going to the Big Ten championship game. Obviously, they lose to Wisconsin at home, and that's what ends it. But this game for me is kind of a coin flip just because we don't know what's going to happen with Bo Nix. I'll say Auburn just because their defense is better and they just have more playmakers on that side of the ball. But again, if Bo Nix just isn't good enough again, the Minnesota game could be a lot closer has. than we think. Yeah. yeah. Not to say I don't like Bo Nix, by the way. I, I think he's going to be very good, yeah. but I mean, he's a true freshman starting at. One of the biggest schools in the country. So that's really what that is. He's got time to grow, and I think he's at the right school to do it. He's playing against elite talent. So, yeah. I'll let you start with this one. This next game is interesting. Georgia versus Baylor. I don't think it's that interesting, to be honest with you. I think Georgia rolls them. I I don't think very much of Baylor. I don't think very much of the Big 12 Conference as a whole. I pretty much said that when I was talking about Oklahoma. So I think Baylor is a worse Oklahoma, and I – believe that Georgia is still very good. This shouldn't be very competitive. This is a chance for Fromm also if he goes into the draft. And I know there's been a lot of talk that he is going to go back to Georgia next year. <laughs> but this is his real la- this is his last chance, if not, to show everybody why he is a top twenty pick. The reason why I think it's a little bit interesting is because the way that Georgia has performed, obviously not the LSU game, but for teams that like you would expect them to steamroll. I think Kentucky was a good example of that. And I would say Jake Fromm, is on, if he chooses to go in the draft, which I do think he will, I don't he think he's, he should. He's NFL. I think he's the most NFL-ready quarterback in this draft. However, there are some mock drafts, and like yeah, some people might, not, might say mock drafts don't mean a lot. But there's some analysts that truly think that he will get drafted in the second round. So not saying that that's the reason he's under pressure, but I think he's under pressure because if he wants to enter the draft, I think he should prove to scouts like that if he I think he has the chance to steamroll and put on like a career like almost a career or a season high. Um, like you said, the Big 12 is not that impressive. Um, like Oregon's – the Pac-12 is not that impressive either. Honestly, um, if you're not in the SEC or the Big 10, I'm probably going to say you're not that impressive right, if I'm being honest. Right, right. Um, I think Jake Fromm has a chance to just put on a show. And I do think losing George Pickens um, in the first half of the LSU game is big. He's a freshman, but he's definitely held his own ground all season. Um, he he's definitely shown um, that Georgia, that Kirby Smart in that Georgia offense, that he's the real deal. He's got a lot of room to grow. I think he's going to be very good um, once he enter, if he desired, once he proves himself and gets into the NFL. Um, DeAndre Swift is another guy to watch. Um, running back university, I think DeAndre Swift could put on, I think he could improve his draft stock a lot, especially because the Big 12 is, obviously, we all, they're not known for having elite defenses like the SEC and the Big 10. I think DeAndre Swift, um, 
has a chance to run all over Baylor, and I think that's what's going to happen. Um, I I do think it's interesting just because of the Jake Fromm deal, but I do think I think Georgia's going to win, and I don't see it being close because I think DeAndre Swift is going to run all over them. Our last one is the college football playoff. Um, the first one is LSU versus Oklahoma. Well, we both set our pace on this one, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, wow. Like, I think we both <clears throat> it spoke for ourselves when we went over the top four, what we think is going to happen. Yeah, Oklahoma's going to get Joe, they're going to get burrowed. So I think, I think LSU is going to destroy them. They're going to get steamrolled. Um, <laughs> you've got a lot of guys on LSU that can improve their draft stock. Um, you got Grant Del Pitt. You got Christian Fulton. Jamar Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, yeah. On the other side, yeah. I mean. Like, you have elite guys on that squad. Um, And if Chase Young truly is, like, if people truly believe that Chase Young is staying, and I know he says he's not thinking past the draft, Joe Burrow will most likely go back home um, to the Bengals and um, be a Cincinnati Bengal at the uh, most likely the number one pick. But I've got LSU. I'm assuming you have the same. Oh yeah, <laughs> Joe yeah. Burrow this season is Thanos. He's just inevitable. He's gonna do whatever he wants to do. Yeah. Um, our last one is Ohio State and Clemson. This um, is I, this is the good one. I think I think this is a good one. I see, I, I think Ohio I, State's gonna win in my eyes, but well, Trevor Lawrence. T. Higgins, Travis Etienne, Justin Ross, they can make this an absolute shootout and a classic. But how – see, I I can see Ohio State beating them by a larger margin than 7 to 10 points. I thought they were going to – I mean, okay, they beat the Badgers by 10, but I didn't see them being down so big at halftime against the Badgers. So, I, I don't know. The Ohio State team has been off and on this season. They've had halves – because even in the first meeting with Ohio State and Wisconsin, Wisconsin was right there at halftime, and they should not have been. Yes, Ohio State ends up beating them soundly in both games, but Ohio State's just been weirdly slow starters, and against a team like Clemson, with their coaching staff and the fact that they have Trevor Lawrence at quarterback, that could be very dangerous in this game. I still have, I think, like you said, I have Ohio State – um, the ACC, along with the Big 12 and the Pac-12, is not that impressive to me. After Clemson, it kind of just gets very questionable. They lost a lot of people on that defense, and they're not as like their their defense is not as strong as they were last year. You had you had a lethal front line in Christian Wilkins and Dexter Lawrence last year, and now you have they're going to figure Cleveland Farrell and Cleveland Farrell. Farrell, yeah, excuse Farrell. me. Yeah, Cleveland for all. You don't like they, they, if if Clemson really wants to stop that Ohio State J.K. Dobbins, who I think could have a big game here. Somebody big is going to have to step up on that front line. See, and I think that's like where our disconnect with this game is: is that you think that they need to stop Ohio State? That's not what I think they have to do here. Obviously, you want to stop them from scoring as many points as possible, but I think this game is going to be win one by putting up a bunch of points and scoring those points quickly. I don't think this will be a defensive matchup. And now it'll no. be set. The, no, the final score right. will be 10 to 7. 
just Not in spite it's of me. It's going to be an offensive battle. I think that it might be one of those games mm-hmm. where like one or two stops by a defense wins you the game. Mm-hmm. Or whoever has the ball last wins you the game. But I also think Trevor Lawrence is the best thing since sliced bread. So <laughs> I'm going to say whatever I yeah. can to gas my yeah. guy up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think people are going to watch right away which, which team grabs momentum. I think Ohio State needs to grab momentum right away. This might be one of those games where you want to start off with the ball too. Oh, 100%. I mean, like yeah. you said, you, you're mm-hmm. going to want momentum in this game. and Definitely. Yeah. It's uh, this one, like I said, that's my expert analysis. This one's going to be decided on the coin toss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think this game's either going to be like not exciting because we don't know which team of either Ohio State or Clemson will show up. Um, or, I'm sorry, it's not going to be exciting because we don't know which team Ohio State or Clemson will show up, or it will be because you have an elite Clemson offense. Versus an elite Clemson defense and elite secondary Ohio State. Ohio State with Jeffrey, uh, yeah, Jeffrey Okuda, who has the potential to be a top five pick. Cough, cough, Detroit Lions. Um, Chase Young is on the defense. Chase Young, one hundred percent. You have two potential top five. Yes, picks. right. So I'm hoping um, we have two elite defense, two elite teams going at it. Um, Two elite offenses going at it. And Travis Etienne is my favorite running back in this draft. Um, I think he has the potential to have a very high ceiling in the NFL. And I, before the year started, I really – I did think Travis, Travis Etienne was the best running back in this draft. Um, before the historic year and performance of Jonathan Taylor breaking Herschel Walker's record. Um, so draft more draft prospects to come. That will be definitely be something to talk about. Um, when that time comes. So, uh, before we go, any last minute uh, things to add? No, I think I think that should do it. All right. Happy bull season starts Friday. Um, next week we'll be off. Um, have a happy holiday. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Um, two weeks, we will be back to discuss the NFL playoffs. There are two weeks left of the regular season. Um, and it's going to be very exciting. So thank you for joining us. Uh, give us a follow on our Facebook, which is CNS Sports Podcast. Our Instagram is CS Sports Feed. And our Twitter is CS Sports Feed 2. So like I said before, happy holidays. And we will see you in two weeks to discuss the NFL playoffs.